When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. This is the main event. <laughs> this is the main event. Mark's podcast. I am your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, cat dad, and I would prefer not to remember November of 1995. I am Troy. And in the other corner is your second host. He is the main event collector and figure hunting warrior. He is the ECW Encyclopedia of Classic Wrestling and the Terry Funk to my Tommy Dreamer. He thinks your mom is a whore. He is Greg, but he's not here just yet. Uh, All through the month of November, uh, except for one single show, uh, he will only be here for one single segment, and that is the actual show review. How are you all doing today? I hope you're all feeling great, and I hope you're sticking with us through November. It is a a crazy, turbulent time uh, here in the month of November as we Head into the holiday season. I know on November 2nd, I went into uh, the unofficial store of the main event marks, the Dollar Tree, to pick up a few things. And they had all of the Thanksgiving fixins up near the front of the store. I was like, yeah, just in case you forget. Uh, admittedly, I did grab a few things, but uh, <laughs> either way. Yeah, uh, today we're going to the land of extreme, everybody. Uh <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm uh, if I'm ready for it like uh, we did last week with I, I hope by the way you all tuned in last week for uh, Survivor Series 1995. It's probably the least offensive of all three of these shows we're going to be doing this month. Uh, I'll clue you in on in just a moment about that. It's um uh, it, it was it was an okay show. It wasn't great. Uh, I don't even I'll, I'll say it was mildly good. Just, like, thumbs in the middle. If you're going to do, like, the Wrestling Observer, thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle, I- I'm going to go hard thumbs in the middle. Uh, sort of trending towards down. But this show, major thumbs down. Not to spoil anything for you, but any longtime listeners of the podcast know Greg and I aren't big fans of ECW, but we cover it here and there just to shake things up. And there was some historic stuff that took place in ECW from time to time, so we got to cover it. Uh, I mean, this is an historic wrestling podcast. We've covered things way worse than ECW, man. Uh, it's, you know, like I said, we've been around for about three, three and a half years at this point. Crazy to think. Uh, go through the archives, check it out. There are hours and hours of podcast uh, archives, so... I hope you all uh, have subscribed. If not, please do. And go check out our YouTube page as well. There you can get all the podcast archives in video form, as well as the Marks on Media. And uh, 
Jacob Grandi's Curtain Jerkin, which covers current day stuff. We never do that here on this podcast. We always go uh, in in the past with um, uh, with our reviews. It, that, that keeps it evergreen. You'll never hear, it might be a comment here or there that we throw in about current day stuff, but as far as the actual reviews and the news, you're never going to hear one of our shows and go, man, that's dated and old and whatever. Like, yeah, they're all dated. They're all old. It's uh, it, it it's a look back, a retrospective, if you will, if you will. And today we're diving into ECW. I'm trying to put myself, even though uh, we're going over ECW, I'm trying to put myself in a good mood. Like I said, heading into Thanksgiving and then Christmas after that. Uh, I've I've got my scented candle right next to me of uh, festive pine and punch. Uh, well, the wife helped me pick that out at Walmart. We were trying to come up with something to make the house smell festive. So, yeah, we're kind of over all the fall smells of pumpkin and uh, you know the, anything that smells like leaves or fire and you know like campfire and whatever and apple and all that. So you know, moving on to the Christmas smells. So, uh, but. That's uh, putting me in a little bit of a good mood here. We do have quite a bit of news and notes to cover, which uh, I'll dive into right after this. And it's if you listened last week, it's you know we're I'm flying solo again uh, for the news and notes. But Greg will dive back in with me uh, during the actual show review. I've got some audio that we recorded together that uh, that's going to come into play for the actual show review and. I'll talk more about it at at the wrap-up at the end uh, of all of this, but what I was alluding to just a, a few minutes ago uh, with November of 95 is we're going to do a retrospective of the three big companies, quote-unquote, during uh, 1995 and November. We already covered Survivor Series. Uh, now we're going to, from the WWF, now we're going to go with, this wasn't a pay-per-view, but it was a big marquee show for the company, we're going to go with ECW with November to Remember. And then in a couple of weeks, to close out the month, we're hitting you with one more WCW show before December. It's World War Three, the very first ever. So we're going to show what all of the three big companies had to offer for their big shows in November and kind of compare and contrast and all that good stuff. It's, it's a fun look back, even though it's one of the worst years in wrestling history for many, many reasons. And the news will uh, will show a lot of that, but uh, it's it's a fun look back, I think. So, yeah. But we'll we'll get into more of that at the end of the show. Before we dive into the news and notes, though, I do want to thank the sponsors of this here podcast, Mahler Bros Golf. Today's episode is sponsored by Mahler Bros Golf. We all want to look good on the golf course, but it often comes at the expense of feeling good. Mahler Bros Golf has polos that look good and feel good. With their lightweight and stretchy materials that hugs your body, you will feel cool while looking just as cool. Their polos are guaranteed to make you look better, but it's up to you to golf better. On a hot summer day on the golf course, there's no polo that you would rather wear than Mahler Bros Golf Signature Polos. Mahler Bros Golf has a large catalog of polos with designs for those who want a loud design and others for those that want a subtle and sleek looking design. They also have fun t-shirts, hats, tumblers, and so much more to make your golfing experience better. Use code BELLYUP at MahlerBros.com for 15% off. Listen to me. Listen, as a guy who has worn a lot of polos throughout his life, you need Mahler Bros Golf Signature Polos. Their polos are a comfortable, slim fit 
that will make you look and feel good when you're golfing with the guys. There have been way too many times I wore some generic polo shirt out on the golf course and I just, I felt crappy the whole day. My game was off. I just was self-conscious. Not with Mahler Bros. Don't wait to try out your new favorite golf apparel. Upgrade your golf attire with Mahler Bros. Get 15% off at MahlerBros.com with code BELLYUP. That's 15% off at M-A-H-L-E-R-Bros.com with code BELLYUP. Turn heads on the golf course or wherever you wear Mahler Bros polos. Mahler Bros Golf. Look good. Feel good. Feel good. Play good. And now we're going to take our first break. On the other end of this, we're diving into news and notes, baby. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod, on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks, and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks, and at Main Event Collector. Get ready to rumble! In your new Main Event Marks merchandise, we've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's maineventmarks.com redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks by god somebody's interrupting the main event marks sit down jr it's just me kyle sullivan aka shaggy von doom your host of here in puckberg on the hockey podcast network i know a hockey show on the main event marks who would have thought this is an invasion angle Somewhere between the Nexus and when WCW tried to invade WWE, you know, somewhere in there. But I'm over here just telling you that one half of your tag team champions over here, Greg, he told his story of his love for the game of hockey over on my show. And if you'd like to hear that story, all you have to do is search here in Puckburg, wherever you get your podcast, or on YouTube. In the meantime, Shagamania's got to go run wild on some other hockey show. So, just remember, quote the Raven, nevermore. Take your vitamins, say your prayers, and oh yeah! The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. Do you like your coffee like you like your podcasts? Gimmick and politics free? Well, so do we here at the main event marks. And so do the guys and gals at Coffee Brand Coffee, where they ditch the gimmicks. You see, when you buy your coffee from other roasters, chances are that they've been sitting on the shelf for heaven knows how long. Don't rob yourself of freshness. At Coffee Brand Coffee, they roast to order, ensuring that you get the freshest coffee possible. And as Greg will tell you, that's what counts. Coffee Brand Coffee offers bagged coffee, as well as K-Cups, and for the non-coffee people... They offer a variety of teas and cocos. Just click on the link down to the podcast description or go to coffeebrandcoffee.com and use our promo code MAINEVENT, all one word, at checkout to get 5% off your order. That's coffeebrandcoffee.com and use the promo code MAINEVENT to save 5% at checkout. Not cracking anything. Nothing crack-a-lacking for me. I've been, uh, uh, I was out of coffee today, actually, so I've just been drinking Pepsi. 
this this morning. Yes, I am super healthy. Thank you for asking. Uh, in the uh, in honor of Greg, though, he likes to touch on the number one movie and number one song of the time. So for this, uh, we're going to go back. It's uh, the number one movie was Apollo 13. It went on a long run here in November uh, and it, like during this time with uh, being the number one movie at the box office. And let's see, uh, it at this point, since it released, it made uh, over $171 million at the box office and counting. It wouldn't be unseated for another few weeks, actually. So it's still going to stay up there. Number one song is one of the only Mariah Carey songs I actually know. It's Fantasy by Mariah Carey. So that is in, I I hear it played in stores, on the radio, it's in commercials, it's in movies, it's on TV. I've I've heard it so many times. I, I didn't know the name of it for years. I just, I knew the tune. And then I finally found out, I was like, oh, it's Mariah Carey. Okay, whatever. But either way, so that's that. But let's dive into the news and notes. That is correct. Shut the fuck up, Dave. Everything that guy just says bullshit. Thank you, Joe Pesci. First story here, we're going to touch on WCW first, kind of same order as last week. We're going to touch on WCW first, then go to the WWF, uh, ECW, and then, you know, so on and so forth. But WCW will be doing a Hulk Hogan versus Sting match on this week's Nitro, along with an Eddie Guerrero versus Ric Flair match. Hogan, uh, well, first of all, that Hulk Hogan versus Sting match. Uh, Greg and I talked about it. There's a clip on our YouTube about it, actually. It didn't do well in the ratings. I'll talk about that later on. But it just, um, yeah, Hulk Hogan came out wearing all black. This was before, way before the NWO. He was trying this new thing where he was going to the dark side to defeat the Dungeon of Doom, brother. So he was wearing all black and white. I think he shaved his mustache. It, it was weird. And, um... The match wasn't great. It's not fondly remembered, and uh, I don't—I don't even know if it had a an ending to it or if the Dungeon of Doom hit the ring. I—I I, I don't remember off the top of my head. But either way, uh, the Eddie Guerrero versus Ric Flair match—I don't remember that one. I think they faced each other later on, but I could be wrong. Either way, Hogan was stripped of the title due to the finish of the Halloween Havoc match. You know where he got uh, foot bucked by the Yeti and the Giant. The Giant. Anyway, uh, and the winner of the World War III Battle Royal will win the belt, and Uncle Dave predicts either Lex Luger or the Giant. He also, if anybody listened last week, he said, or it could be uh, Randy Savage, or it could go back to Hogan. Like, God. Shut the fuck up, Dave! So, he doesn't effing know. Uh, It does, by the way, go to Randy Savage. Uh, Spoilers! So, it won't be a title match. WCW is doing this to combat WWF in the ratings. WWF will be coming off the Survivor Series pay-per-view, which uh, usually gives them a ratings boost. So WCW is throwing everything they have at them next week to try to steal some of the ratings. Yeah, I don't know if that 
freaking worked. I don't think it did, actually. But WCW was currently taping three months worth of shows at Disney. Several New Japan Pro Wrestling stars debuted, and WCW will be trying to get them over with American crowds before the Starcade pay-per-view. Spoiler, no one cared. And Starcade sucked. Starcade 1995 sucked. It was WCW versus New Japan. Nobody cared, bro. They had like a tournament kind of thing. I think it was a tournament. I don't know. All I know is Sting won some damn trophy that meant absolutely nothing at the end, and it just, it sucked. Hogan wasn't there. Hogan was the top guy. Uh, Savage was there, though, I think? And uh, again, spoilers, he was a WCW champion at the time, but... I don't know. Hogan was still a top dog. But Sonny Ono bought 50% of WCW Allegedly. and ran the show with New Japan Pro Wrestling wrestlers and will eventually become the evil heel manager for all of them leading into Starcade. That is correct. There was some... He was all over Starcade, man. The Every effing match. Like, dude... Like at that point, he should have just sat at ringside throughout the whole show. He didn't need to go back and come back out, go back, come back. Out. It was dumb. But anyway, there was some issue with the Japanese guys who were upset about the months of advanced tapings, feeling it exposed the business, but they went along with it. <laughs> exposed the business in 95. Okay. Uh, there were also issues with some of the WCW wrestlers, mostly the American males, tag team, the, the tag team, not just American men in general, uh, not wanting to put over the New Japan guys and photographers were banned from ringside because New Japan didn't want pictures of their guys jobbing to WCW guys appearing in Japanese magazines or making the news in Japan. Couple of things. Of all the people on that roster, the American males, Marcus Alexander Bagwell and Scotty Riggs were like, you know what? Uh, we're not going to do this job to the Japanese guys. How dare you? Like, are, like who the fuck are you? Like, d dude, get pinned and shut the fuck up. Second of all, uh, the, the New Japan. First they complain. They're like, well, you're exposing the business. And then they're like, oh, we don't want pictures of our guys jobbing to your guys in magazines. <sighs> Japan was something else during this time, man. Uh, but moving on, though, Warlord and Barbarian also debuted at the Disney tapings as a team called the Super Assassins. I'm today's years old. Uh, also, One Man Gang debuted as a member of the Dungeon of Doom. Ugh. And Brian Pillman and Chris Benoit, both members of the Four Horsemen, were working as a new tag team. Yeah, if Brian Pillman had stuck around in WCW and that was like a consistent tag team, that would have been awesome. Uh, but this one oh, breaks my heart, man. Renegade is being written off TV in WCW and will be sent back to wrestling school. He has lost a ton of muscle mass since debuting, and nobody is mistaking him for the Ultimate Warrior anymore. Uh, he, look, he was pretty built. He, not saying he, was, he wasn't in good shape, but compared to the Ultimate Warrior, he was a tad doughy always. I feel like that's why they put him in a singlet to begin with. So, I mean, he, he had the silhouette of the Ultimate Warrior, but, like, up close and personal, it wasn't the same. Plus, yeah, he sucked, man. 
As much as the Warriors sucked, Renegades sucked more. And I hate speaking ill, like, I'm not speaking ill of them as humans. Like, I know they're both dead. So I'm not, like, talking, speaking ill of the dead, like, of them being humans. I'm talking about their wrestling skill. They sucked. The Renegade was god-awful. The fact that they signed him, and they're like, oh, he kind of looks like the Warriors. So that, like, ugh, awful. Uh, God bless Arn Anderson and uh, Paul Orndorff for having to put his ass over multiple times. There is a special seat in heaven for both of you. Anyway, Randy Savage is supposed to have surgery soon to repair a torn tricep and will be out of action for three months. We'll get to it uh, at the end of the month when we cover World War III. (sighs) But yeah, uh, they... Hogan... Savage and just WCW in general hated the Wrestling Observer and all the the dirt rags so much, which I don't totally blame them, but man, it was, they were rough on him. They hated him so much, they were like, oh, it's a work, brother. He's not actually hurt, even though he's been taping up his arm and he's clearly like, uh, you know, nursing his arm. Like, you know, it's it's a work, brother. He's not really hurt. It's, uh, we're playing 4D chess. Shut the hell up, man. Like, whatever. But and, and the fact that they they literally opened their pay-per-view with that and, like, mocking the Wrestling Observer and burning a copy of it. Cool. Anyway, getting into WWF here. Vince McMahon had a surprising meeting with the wrestlers at a house show last week, mostly to boost the recent poor morale and reassure everyone. With house shows being cut... A lot of the talent is justifiably paranoid, especially the lower and mid-card guys. WWF stars only get paid when they work a show, and with a lot of the recent house shows being canceled, some of the guys have seen their overall income drop by 60 to 70 percent. Yeah, when you get paid by a per-appearance basis and all that, that's rough, man. I, I, I get it. It sucks. So, I I really don't know what to say about all that. Uh, But there were some that went through the hard times. They hung in there. And, um, yeah, it it paid off in the end. Because if they hung in there for the lowest of lows, it eventually came back up in the Attitude Era when they reached their highest of highs. And they got paid. So, it it paid off eventually. But, yeah, I mean, I get it, you know. Uh, Let me tell you about hard times, Daddy. It was uh, not good. Uh, Not good. Believe me, not good. The plan is for Bret Hart to win the t- the WWF title from Diesel, as we talked about last week, he did, at Survivor Series, and from there, Shawn Michaels will likely win the title from Bret at WrestleMania. That is correct. Yeah, that, uh, that did happen. So, um, again, more of Dave spoiling things because he's a moron and he likes to not have fun. I need to know everything that's going to happen and what all the future booking decisions are. That That's how I get enjoyment out of wrestling. Shut the f*** up, Dave! Dean Douglas is still coughing up blood from his larynx injury, but is back on the road this week. <laughs> Man, another damn injury. What the hell happened to him? Uh, Shawn Michaels is also back in the ring after recently getting beat up in Syracuse. That was a thing. Uh, anybody that doesn't know what happened there, I guess he got him and supposedly him and Bulldog got some pretty drunk and, uh, he got pretty belligerent with some Marines supposedly and got his ass beat in Syracuse. That's, uh, when, when, if you see 
that promo where he's he's got like a black eye and he surrenders the Intercontinental title because apparently you know he got uh, he got a black eye so baby can't wrestle whatever look look I know it sucks okay but he wasn't injured he got hurt all right you can't wrestle good God like at least go in there and put in a half-assed effort but no he dropped the title whatever Waylon Mercy also known as Dan Spivey, has quit the WWF. They had high hopes for his gimmick and gave him a big push in, uh, initially, but physically, he just can't go anymore. Injuries over the years have caught up with him. Yeah, his knees were completely shot. Uh, Bruce Pritchard talked about this on his Something, Something to Wrestle podcast. Uh, I believe Spivey himself has talked about this. His knees, man, uh, he could barely move. You could see it when he was trying to wrestle. He was a big dude. Uh, big guys generally have knee problems, and uh, especially with all the wear and tear he put on his knees through the years and NWA and New Japan, or uh, wherever he wrestled over in Japan, and uh, just all that yeah it's uh it it, uh, it finally caught up with him for people that don't know Waylon Mercy was kind of the um first attempt at doing the Bray Wyatt gimmick pretty much if if anybody goes back and looks up Waylon Mercy you can definitely see like that was like yeah okay obviously he was ripping off Lance Cady from I believe that was his name the Robert De Niro's character from Cape Fear that was what all this was based on but uh you know Waylon tried to do it. It was okay. It was creepy, especially with the way that he looked, uh, with the black hair and the fake tattoo on his forehead, whatever. Uh, but he even dressed the same way. And uh, then Bray Wyatt did it years later, and it took off. A, a lot of WWF guys are talking about leaving, but most of them won't be able to make a living in wrestling anywhere else if WCW didn't take them. Bam Bam Bigelow is probably the only one who could go to Japan and be a big star. In fact, Uncle Dave thinks that he probably should go since he's been a uh, been reduced to a jobber status in WWF after main eventing WrestleMania just eight months ago. Yeah, Bam Bam had some uh, had some rough times. It, it was always up and down for Bam Bam in WWF. He does not go to Japan at least in day there he ends up going to ecw and uh has a decent career there uh greg and i talked about this we don't like ecw for very much but i will say that um bam bam had his best run in ecw he won the ecw title he was part of the triple threat he he uh he had some memorable moments obviously you know chucking spike dudley out into the crowd multiple times you know uh putting Taz through the... I think he put him through the ring and the stage? At least through the ring. I uh, I remember all that, so... WWF signed a two-year contract extension with the USA Network that will run through the end of 1997. Yeah, they'd sign another extension after that, and uh, they wouldn't leave USA until... 2000? 99? Something like that. I want to say it's 2000, because I, I know they went to TNN... <sighs> That was a big thing with, with ECW was, I think, by the end of 99, early 2000, they were going to, can- TNN, that is, was going to cancel ECW and just exclusively have Monday Night Raw, which is what they wanted from the beginning, but they couldn't get it, so they settled for ECW. So yeah. Adam Baum is at a legal impasse with WWF. They won't release him from his contract, but have no interest in using him, so he's just sitting at home right now 
unable to negotiate with WCW or anything, although he is allowed to work the indies. He does pop up in WCW, obviously later on down the line, as Wrath. That was something. And... uh, I remember Wrath not from when he first popped up and he was part of that Mortal Kombat ripoff storyline. I remember Wrath when I started like really paying attention at all to WCW. He was a babyface and he was doing what Baron Corbin eventually did when he debuted in NXT. Was he would have these really short matches where everybody was just waiting for him to hit the meltdown, which is his finisher. He'd hit it. And he'd win, and you know, in a short amount of time, he didn't really go anywhere. He was never a top guy, but you know, I I don't know. I thought he was okay. Brian Clark, and obviously, he'd eventually go on to be in Chronic with this next guy I'm about to talk about, Brian Adams, former WWF star Crush, was sentenced to five years probation and a $10,000 fine for his drug and weapons charges from a few months back. I don't remember that. I do remember he did spend some time in prison, which they made a gimmick when he returned to WWF during the Attitude Era. And he made, well, first he joined the Nation of Domination, then they kicked him out, and he joined, er, and he formed uh, the DOA, Disciples of Apocalypse, which is like a biker group, and he had like fake tattoos on his face and, uh, and dreadlocks. Yeah. But anyway, let's move on to ECW. This week in ECW. That's the stuff. The uh, Pennsylvania State Athletic Commission has scheduled a meeting regarding the recent ECW show after all the uh, complaints of the fire spot getting out of control. We talked about this last week, but I'll elaborate a little bit more. Uh, So the commissioner hasn't really been regulating wrestling for many years in the state, but they can still crack down on it if they want to. They banned blading a few years ago, but they don't enforce the rule, and everyone, especially ECW, still does it. As for what happened at the show, the word is a towel drenched in lighter fluid that was on a chair, and, oh, it was on a chair, okay, I thought it was, uh, I could have swore, because Foley said something, this might have been a different incident, where they wrapped it around the end of uh, Terry Funk's branding iron, but either way. But it was a towel drenched in lighter fluid that was on a chair, and the fire flew off the chair and landed in the crowd, causing a decent-sized fire and burning some fans. As they were trying to spray it with a fire extinguisher to put it out, fans started choking on the fumes, and at that moment, the lights in the building went off because they were doing an angle with Raven and Tommy Dreamer where Raven crucified Dreamer. As it turns out, the famous Sandman crucifixion wasn't the first time that happened. Yeah, it worked so well the first time, crucifying a man. Let's do it again. Good lord, this effing company. So with the lights off, a fire burning in the crowd, and no one able to see or breathe from fire extinguisher fumes, people naturally panic. What the fuck? Yeah. So, god, I don't... I, I talked about this last week. ECW was garbage. But moving on. ECW tag team Public Enemy had a meeting with Vince McMahon recently. No deal has been signed yet, but it's believed both sides were happy with the meeting, and it's now a question of when rather than if. (laughs) That doesn't happen. 
Uh, Paul Heyman actually set up the meeting because WWF had told Heyman that they don't want to hurt ECW or go behind his back. Public Enemy will likely finish up with ECW in January and probably be headed to WWF after that. Uncle Dave notes that Paul Heyman is basically a master manipulator because he's the only guy in the industry that has been able to successfully create new stars in recent years and that Heyman is so good that even WWF and WCW don't seem to realize that many of the stars Heyman has created got over because of how Heyman booked them rather than their own talents. None of the things that Public Enemy uh, has done in ECW will get over or will be allowed in WWF or WCW. Well, yes and no. So they don't go to WWF, as I mentioned. They go to WCW. But, uh, they I mean, the table stuff they and, and the hardcore matches, whatever, they do all that. Uh, they come out waving their arms or whatever. They were semi- over they weren't a, like a top act or anything in wcw but yeah i mean look i know they're both dead and again this isn't me talking crap about them as human beings but objectively public enemy sucked rocco rock and johnny grunge sucked they were not good uh, not good believe me not good those guys never drew a dime they were awful so uh, paul Heyman, god bless him uh that dude got him over with minimal talent behind them. So Uncle Dave was right about that. Everything else, I mean, he was wrong about. They didn't go to WWF, they went to WCW, and they basically got to do the same crap in WCW they did in ECW. It just didn't get over because nobody gave a damn. Moving on, Steve Austin was the most talked about wrestler on TV this week in ECW. He took over the Beulah's Box segment, real name, wearing a black wig, impersonating Eric Bischoff, and talked about... Monday NyQuil, where the big boys play with each other. Oh, God. Uh, masturbation. Ha <laughs> ha. God dang it, pal. Austin got in tons of funny lines at WCW's expense. He also called woman a $5 piece of ass and said she married a midget, Kevin Sullivan. As you can imagine, several people in WCW weren't thrilled about this. Uncle Dave gives woman credit for being professional enough to go along with that. Yeah. Um, hey, he's, wh why would Austin give a damn if WCW liked it or not? He's not going back there. It was WWF or bust, baby. And he went on to be the biggest star in the business. So good for him. So last story I got out of ECW. At least two other ECW names are said to be close to jumping ship to WCW. Close enough that WCW has already started preparing storylines for them. No names were given. Ah, uh, I can't imagine who this would be. I'm not being sarcastic either. I, I really do not know. But uh, for any of you out there who wants uh, Greg's take on some of this, we did cover ECW news in full in our ECW in 1995 bonus shows from last December. If you guys go check it out now in the archives, it's part one and part two. Last December was the first and only time we've ever released two bonus shows in one single month. So go check that out. It's ECW in 1995, part one and part two. But now, uh, we haven't done this one in a while, so let's check out... What's going on in Mexico? If Greg was here, he would say, what'd Conan do now? Well, we're actually starting with Conan, so here you go. 
Conan has been running his own weekly shows at the arena in Tijuana and is doing them like ECW shows, trying to turn the arena into a Mexican version of the ECW arena. Oh, man. Many of the uh, angles are directly lifted from ECW, and they even got the fans to start chanting Triple A after big angles and matches. They've started using tables and things like that also. Pero Aguayo Jr., who was severely injured last week and was supposed to miss a month of action, was already back in the ring after only seven days and did a blade job during his match. Uncle Dave is uncomfortable with a 16-year-old kid working injured and carving up his forehead. Well, Uncle Dave was right to be uncomfortable with that. It's effed up under any circumstances, and with the uh, benefit of hindsight, that dude worked hurt a lot. Literally his whole career he worked hurt and injured a lot, and because of that, he went to an early grave. I I hate to put it that way, but it's very true. He worked hurt and injured a lot, and he paid the ultimate price for it, which effing sucks. I get no joy out of saying that. It it was a tragedy, and uh, yeah, I I believe that he he died in the ring with uh, Rey Mysterio, actually. It's uh, really tragic. But anyway, the Mexican peso took another economic hit this week, dropping over 20% in value. And Uncle Dave says this is probably going to be a huge story for the wrestling business there. Uh, yeah, I would say it will definitely make it harder to bring in American wrestlers because they have to be paid in dollars. And the dollar is now worth so much more than the peso. Uh, there is fear that the peso crisis isn't over yet and could be leading to a depression. I don't know about uh, Mexican economics or uh, their economy at the time, but yeah, America is about to hit a boom uh, if we haven't already. You know, the the dot-com bubble is about to, about to blow up, so there you go. Either way, uh, the NWC promotion in Las Vegas... We're back in America, by the way, with the Indies. We're closing out with the Indies. The NWC promotion in Las Vegas that Ultimate Warrior was co-owner of seems to be shutting down after Warrior flaked on it and left everyone high and dry. No, say it isn't so. But their local TV show hasn't aired in weeks, and the wrestlers who worked the last couple of shows didn't get paid and were told the company is bankrupt. That is... That is some effed up stuff there, man. Poor people. But either way, uh, Grizz- ugh, I hate saying this name, but Grizzly Smith has been running shows at the Dallas Sportatorium lately, and they're drawing pretty well. They're using a fake Conan, which has been he- getting booed heavily by the Hispanics in the crowd. Wow, just shameless, huh? Uh, Jake Roberts, who is Grizzly Smith's son, is expected to come in and be in someone's corner at the next show, which will be Jake's first wrestling appearance since retiring last year. Ugh, yuck, man. Every time I hear about Grizzly Smith, I just think of the Dark Side of the Ring episode on that whole family. Very effed up. If you guys haven't seen it, I, it is a good episode, but it's very disturbing about all the stuff he uh, he he did. So, uh, I, I, you know, I, I would... Uh, if you're into that kind of stuff, you know, uh, not the kind of stuff he did, but like watching that, you know, like the subject matter, go check it out. But I got to say trigger warning, man. So final story I got here. We closed out last week with Jim Cornette. So we'll close out this week with Jim Cornette. Ah, 
Jim Cornette and Smoky Mountain Wrestling have been hyping up a mystery wrestler for an upcoming show. It was originally supposed to be Stan Lane, but Lane has to have eye surgery and canceled. Corny's next plan was to try to bring in an actual wrestling bear, but then he found out that is against Tennessee state law, so that won't happen either. As of press time, Cornette still doesn't know who it will be. Spoiler! Smoky Mountain Wrestling closes down in about three weeks. Just saying. Dude, I like how last week he talked about, uh, you know, he was trying to mock religious people in Tennessee, basically, and saying they're like backwards and archaic or whatever in Tennessee. is like, Because he brought up the uh, crucifixion angle in ECW, and he's like, you can get thrown in prison for that in Tennessee. And then it's like, then he turns around here and is like, how about we bring in a wrestling bear? And Tennessee is like, are you nuts? No. And he's like, oh, you stupid state. You can't even bring in a damn bear. It'll come out of a bear box. It'll be over. Mother But yeah, so that, that didn't go over. Didn't go over. But anyway, that's all I got for the news and notes. Ladies and gents, we're going to take our uh, next break. On the other end of this, Greg is going to be with us, and we're going to cover ECW's November to Remember 1995. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod, on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks, and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks, and at Main Event Collector. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday Drop-In, where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the BellyUpSports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. Let's try to buzz through this. ECW's November to Remember 1995, ladies and gents. Oh, yeah. Uh, November 18th, 1995. It took place at the ECW Arena in Philadelphia, Can Pennsylvania. Can we just mention real quick how stupid of a name this is for a pay-per-view? November to remember? Eh, I don't hate it, actually. I hate it. It's stupid. Yeah, well, Especially for a company that's supposed to be extreme. It's the eh. November to remember with thumbtacks in your face. Well, oh my God. also, you hated most of the names for their events, so... 
That's not true. I mean, well, a lot of them, but not. Yeah, I was gonna say a lot of them. Cyber Slam, uh, Russell Palooza. Yeah. Heatwave was Heatwave was lazy as hell. Yeah, Heatwave was stupid. I'll say that one. Uh, Cyber a- Slam. Oh, that was a great one. Oh hell yeah! I liked Anarchy Rules and and, and like Guilty as Charged. What about uh, uh, what about Massacre on Thirty Fourth Street? That one was kind of decent. That one made me laugh a little bit. Either way. Uh, attendance for this one. Wrestlepalooza, by the way. There you go. There you <laughs> yes. go. Yeah, that's, that's the, the one. one. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like a freaking sideshow at a carnival at a circus. Oh, God. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, it sounds like something you're where where you have wrestling at the county fair. Like, there you go. Wrestlepalooza. Oh, my God. <laughs> the attendance for this one, by the way, was 1,150. Still amazing. That many, huh? Yeah, it amazes me that you cram that many people into a bingo hall. A Filthy bingo hall, I might add. No, it looks like nobody ever cleaned that place ever. Uh, Joey, yeah, Stott- it's kind of redundant to say about any ECW venue, by the way. But whatever. Yeah, at least the Hammerstein looked somewhat clean. I don't know. Joey Styles starts off the event by hyping it up and saying that this is the gr- uh, greatest night of ECW action ever. <laughs> yeah, that's a really low bar, bro. I'm sorry, I just, I just. I remember this event, and just that's why I'm laughing. Yeah, I texted you. This is you, the greatest. Holy crap! What's the worst? Uh, what was it? Hardcore Heaven. That, <sighs> there we go. Now this one, I will say, I, I this is when I, I texted you while watching this, and I said instead of ECW, their initials should have been ADD. <laughs> my God, they were all over the place. Did you? Oh notice my God! <sighs> Joel Gertner was the ring announcer for them. Yeah, like, he wasn't a he wasn't a character yet. He was just the ring announcer, and he's wearing like a tux, and he had his hair plastered down, and he was shaved. And I think he weighed like two hundred pounds less too. I think. Yeah, I was like, because I heard the voice, and I'm like, I waited for well, 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 and it never came. And I was like, well, that's a double entendre. But anyway, um, I'm not touching that. They announced that the special guest ring announcer for the opening match will be Bubba Ray Dudley. Who, for all of you that don't know, was still in his stuttering phase at this point. He just. I want to talk about that suit he was wearing. (laughs) Yeah. He was wearing his normal, like, old school Dudley Boys attire with, like, a white tuxedo jacket and everything over it and a white top hat. That was something. But a whole slew of Dudleys pour out from the back. There's Sign Guy Dudley, Big Dick Dudley, Dances with Dudley, and there are a couple others. I just lost track. Right. But uh, Bubba gets on the mic, and he keeps on stuttering until Big Dick Dudley hits him, and he says, F this! And then Bubba hits Don E. Allen, then drops him with a powerbomb. And then the Broad Street bully attacks him, and Bubba beats him down and drops him with a powerbomb as well. He then pins him for some reason, and he gets a three count. Even Joey was confused. He was like, ah, this wasn't even a match. So... Mm. Threw off the announcer, even. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, next segment, we got Pauly Dangerously in the ring. I don't know if he's still Pauly Dangerously or if he's officially Paul Heyman at this point. Because later on in the show, Taz calls him Paul Heyman. So I don't know. But either way, he's in the ring. The lights go out. Everybody flicks their lighters on. And when the lights come back on, sad I'm shocked that every I'm shocked that all Philly fans have lighters in their pockets. Yeah, and... <sighs> I'm just going to safely assume that it wasn't all for cigarettes. <laughs> just saying. He's out of line. 
but he's right. Anyway. Uh, we're, we're getting a tweet. Oh, yeah, we are. Uh, when the lights come back on, it's Sabu, fresh off of his WCW crap-ass match against Mr. JL. So he's back. The crowd, by the way, loses their minds. Just, like, blows the roof off of that bingo hall. Oh, wouldn't you too Sabu showed up? Oh, yeah, you couldn't even hear him call out the numbers. <laughs> Nothing, really? You know, okay, no, anyway. I'm leaving, I'm leaving that alone. I'm leaving that alone. <laughs> Anyway, they keep cutting back to Joey Styles talking into the camera, and it looks very unnatural and weird. Like, I think they spliced this together, and it just looks stupid. I'm almost certain they filmed that in Paul Heyman's basement. Yeah, uh, that's a pretty safe assumption. But next, we've got Jason Knight, who calls himself the sexiest man alive. He's taking on Conan, who is wearing a mask. And he, he actually... According to Joey Styles, you could get hives if you touch Jason, so... I have, uh, I tend to believe him, by the way. Uh, Conan, if you guys, like, haven't seen what he looks like and you want a point of reference, he looked like a colorful version of Relic, which is killer spelled backwards, by the way. Shut up! <laughs> you and I aren't the only ones who noticed that, by the way. Other people complain. They're like, why is it so important that every time they mentioned his name, they had to tell us this? It was so effing important that Mike Tanay had to beat it into our heads. We get it. It's not clever, so we're not the only ones who got annoyed with that. But the special guest referee for this match was Taz. Taz cut a promo before this and says he's, uh, ECW considers him an insurance risk because he just came back from injury. So they will not let him wrestle. However, they will let him be a re uh, referee. Uh, he's just out there to, quote, enforce his will. And then Jason runs his mouth to Taz, and Taz tells him to keep his effing hands off of him. By the way, they Never once bleeped out the F-word this whole show, and there's many F-bombs, but they they frequently bleeped out the word ass. Just let that sink in. Uh, but uh, oh, That is the worst word. Yeah, really? right. Taz asks if, every, if everybody's ready to go, and then he socks Jason right in the face. Conan hits a crucifix bomb and pins him for the win. Taz makes a quick count. Oh, man. I didn't even know Conan was ever in ECW, but alas... Uh, you know, he could have been in WWF making that Max Moon money, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> I guess that wasn't good enough for him. In, in his defense, I don't know which is worse, uh, Max Moon or wrestling in the ECW arena. <laughs> You're not going to touch that one either? ECW arena. ECW arena. Uh, I don't, did you see Max Moon? Uh, that's a toss-up. ECW arena. All right, we'll, we'll go with that. I won't argue. <laughs> liar whore, liar whore, and you know it! This next match was... I guess it was a match. It's, uh, I don't know what the hell is going on in ECW, man. It was El Puerto Riqueño. Right. Versus Stevie Richards. Shut up and take my money. Maybe been anywhere in the country. Sure. Stevie Richards comes to the ring, and the Blue Meanie is at ringside. He is oh, yes. Making his debut. He is like a fan in the front row. He gives Stevie a present. Stevie opens it up, and it's a belly shirt that's airbrushed and says, A flock of seagulls. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Stevie calls Meanie to ringside, and they hug. Joey Styles says, They must be old friends who are apparently very attracted to each other. Ha! Gay jokes. Uh, yeah. So they ate that one up in the arena. Oh, yeah. Oh, we'll get to some good stuff later. Uh, Richards hits two Stevie bombs on his opponent and then pushes the blue meanie to the top rope. 
He, like, literally shoves him to the top rope. Meany goes for a moonsault, and El Puerto Requeño moves. Stevie finally hits a super kick on El Puerto Requeño for the win. Yay. This was something, man. And it took uh, it took Joey Styles a while. He was like, the blue meanie? It's like, oh, I get it from, like, Yellow Submarine, the Beatles. <laughs> like, sure. Oh, my God. It was just, let's move on. This next match was actually pretty good. It was the Eliminators with Jason versus the Pitbulls with Francine. The Pitbulls and Francine are all wearing tight black leather. Didn't mind seeing Francine like that. It's really weird to see Saturn with long hair, by the way. Like, yeah, I know. With hair, period. No, I know. And I, I like seeing him with a ponytail. I'm like, what the heck? All right. Uh, it's amazing how we're about a half an hour into the show, by the way, before we get an actual real match. That last thing did not count. And this, <laughs> this is actually a decent one. Uh, the Pitbulls are wrestling very smash mouth, and the Eliminators are doing some pretty cool stuff. They get the heat on Pitbull 2. This is when I texted you. I was like, how? Pitbull 2 is like a freaking monster. Yet you want me to think, oh, he's in trouble. Okay. Uh, Pitbull number 2, who, uh, okay, for all of you that don't know, he's about the size of Ryback, I'll say. Uh, but he goes big over the... guy. Oh, yeah. Nothing says over like that big guy belt. Uh, <laughs> but Pitbull 2 goes over the top rope and, like, slices his elbow open. I hope he got checked for hepatitis after this. He's out of line, but he's right. Uh, Pitbull... <laughs> no- oh, I'm going to hell. Pitbull number two finally gets a top rope powerbomb on Saturn, and Pitbull number one gets the hot tag taken on both Eliminators. Jason repeatedly gets involved in this match, by the way. Finally, the ref says, screw it, and just lets all four men do whatever the hell they want. Because it's ECW, no rules. Only when there, except when there are rules. I don't know. Uh, the Pitbulls hit Cronus with a guillotine bomb, but Jason breaks up the pin. Ref lets it go, because why not? Pitbull number two takes him out. They hit a super bomb on Cronus for the win. Jason runs in and basically starts ripping Francine. I'm not joking. He, like, picks her up and damn near, like, he molests her. I'll say that. Pitbull number two throws him onto Pitbull, or throws him into Pitbull number one, who's holding a chair. He clocks him. The Eliminators then take on the Pitbull, or take both Pitbulls out with total elimination, one for each. And then the Pitbulls get up in, like, ten seconds. After both being hit with a finishing move, and then they just pose with their chains. I'm like, what is going on? No selling, I guess. Uh, we finally go on after this. We actually get another really good match. It's the best match of the night. It was Psychosis versus Rey Mysterio Jr. in a Mexican death match. For those of you unaware, the Mexican death match rules are you have to pin or submit your opponent, and then they have to, it's like last man standing rules after that. Uh, but either way, Psychosis keeps going for a flying leg lariat, re- like, repeatedly, and he keeps missing it. It's like, dude, stop. Uh, Mysterio secures the first pin with a Dragon Rana, but Psychosis stands right up. Psychosis gets the next pin off a of Moonsault. Mysterio sells his knee and beats the ten count. Uh, jumping to the end here, <clears throat> there are quite a few pins in this. It's worth a watch, I'll say that. They fight all the way to the stage in the back. Mysterio throws a chair in Psychosis's face. Dives off the upper stage, because there's like a stage and then another stage. He dives off the second stage, hits a Hurricane Rana uh, onto a chair, pins him, and then he runs back in the ring. Psychosis cannot beat the 10 count, so Mysterio wins. Psychosis was wearing a white outfit, by the way. It is filthy now, because that arena is disgusting. 
<laughs> you don't say. Right. Uh, Mysterio leads the crowd in a chant of EC double or EC dub after the match, by the way. So really playing to the crowd. And then, because we haven't gotten enough of this guy already, we see another freaking Jason Knight sighting. Shut up and take my money! He comes out to talk to Ray Jr. He runs down Conan, and then Ray starts to leave. But Jason brings him back. He asks to be Ray's manager and asks him to be his, quote, little supreme fighting machine. Ray turns him down. Jason calls him a little b***. And Mysterio hits a spinning wheel kick on him, and then a Hurricane Rana. Then the Eliminators rush in and beat up Ray uh, with a power bomb and repeated jumping leg drops. And then everybody's favorite worker, 911, runs in, and the Eliminators beat him up. But he breaks up their clothesline. Mysterio hits a flying Hurricane Rana on Saturn, and then 911 choke slams both Eliminators. Ray celebrates by sitting on 911's shoulders. Right. So. This was just a mess. I, I don't know. It was cool, I guess. But this next match, man, it was Sandman and the man he, who now goes by two gold Scorpio, because he has two belts, with Woman. They are defending the tag team and television titles against the public enemy. The crowd chants, please don't go at public enemy, because for some reason they think they're leaving soon. When did they pop up in WCW, Greg? Do you remember? Right after this. Oh, wow. So they did go. How about that? Yeah. Uh, yep. Here's where I wrote, they bleep out ass, but not the F word. <laughs> Made me laugh. Also, on ECW shows, they bleep out F when they say WWF, but on on WWE shows, they don't. What's the difference? Just because. Or if they say World Wrestling Federation, they bleep out Federation. But they don't on WWF. I, I don't... I don't know. It, it makes my brain hurt. Uh, even people involved in the editing process said they don't understand it. Uh, Scorpio challenges Public Enemy to a dance-off. Joey Styles takes shots at Alex Wright because, you know, why not? Scorpio dances first, Public Enemy's theme hits, and Joey Styles is shown doing the cabbage patch. Hooray. Oh, my God. Yep. Then Rocco Rock and Scorpio dance. Sandman does some really bad dancing, but the crowd gets into it. When Public Enemy turns their backs, they get jumped. Public Enemy sends Sandman and Scorpio out uh, of the ring. Their theme hits, and then they wave their arms. Because, you know, got to get that in. These guys fight all over and hit each other with everything. Joey Grunge gets bloody. Rocco Rock and Scorpio tear it up with each other. They're, these are the two workers of the match. They actually did really well. Uh, the ring mat, by the way, is disgustingly dirty and patched up with duct tape. I know, shocker. <laughs> Scorpio dodges a front flip senton off the top rope from Rocco, and Rocco hits Grunge right in the face. Sandman lays on Grunge for the win. Sandman, who is out of it, by the way, he got the tar beat out of him. He's laying on the mat and waving his arms back and forth like doing the public enemy dance. And then Scorpio pops open a bush light and pours it down Sandman's throat. And apparently that's like he, he jumps up like Popeye getting his spinach. And then he starts dancing again. And then he drinks more beer. <laughs> oh, man, this was main event, man. I'm telling you. Uh, Joey Styles talks about what we're going to see next. And they show a video of why Todd Gordon and Bill Alfonso are feuding. Alfonso was brought in by Shane Douglas to enforce, quote, law and order. Alfonso took Gordon out with a clothesline and then ran away. And 911 later chokeslammed uh, Bill Alfonso. Bill later beat up Todd Gordon. And then Beulah beat up Bill. So that has led to Bill Alfonso versus Todd Gordon 
with special guest referee Beulah McGillicuddy. Sir, here is a check with my name on it. Write down any number on this piece of paper and I will pay it. Main event anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the galaxy. Hell yeah. Five-star match. Would have been ten stars in the Tokyo Dome. Well, Beulah comes out first, and the crowd chants, Show your T-words, I'll say. They chant it repeatedly. She does not, to the chagrin of the uh, the crowd. Alfonso jumps Gordon, and then they get into a shouting and shoving match with Beulah. Or, excuse me, uh, Bill Alfonso gets into a shouting and shoving match with Beulah. And then Beulah slapped him. Alfonso punched her, because that was cool. And then Gordon jumps Bill. Uh, they just throw hands. They start beating the crap out of each other. Gordon takes various weapons to Alfonso. Bill gets bloody, of course, because why not? Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Nobody! Then Todd nails Alfonso with a frying pan, lays him out. And then Taz runs in, dressed like a referee still. And he socks Ch- uh, Todd Gordon in the face. In the face! In the face! Then he lays Bill Alfonso on top of Todd Gordon and makes the three count before grabbing a mic. The crowd is pissed. And oh yeah, wouldn't you be too if you spent twenty bucks to go watch this crap? Twenty bucks? Wow, they got screwed, man. Uh, we're just taking way too many shots at this company, or are we? <laughs> Not enough. Taz complains that when Tommy Dreamer, Terry Funk, and Sabu got injured, all the fans cried and complained, but nobody cared when he got hurt. Taz says that Paul Heyman never paid Taz when he was hurt, and only Bill Alfonso cared about him. Shoot, bro. <laughs> the crowd chants, "Suck his D word." You all can figure it out. But they chant that repeatedly at Taz, because apparently if he's buddies with Bill Alfonso, that means he's got to suck him off. Yeah. <sighs> Gotta love Philadelphia. Taz ends his F-bomb-laced promo by saying that they uh, don't give an F about you, and then he challenges a fan to a fight. This went on forever. This next one was interesting. I didn't see this one coming. Uh, Sandman's making his entrance because one of the stipulations was if they won that match earlier, he got to fight Mikey Whipwreck for the ECW title. Yes, Mikey Whipwreck is your ECW champion. Think about that. <sighs> but uh, that should tell you something about the state of this company. But as the Sandman is making his entrance, Steve Austin jumps him from behind, nails him with a cane multiple times, and then he hits the stun gun on the guardrail. And then he drinks superstar a beer. Steve Austin. The extreme superstar Steve Austin. <laughs> oh my God! They had to drive that home. But uh, Austin drinks a beer, gets in the ring, and he pops up the double bird. You can see where the and this is a few years before Stone Cold. Uh, Sandman looks like he's about to vomit as EMTs check on him. And then Joey Styles believes Steve Austin will face Mikey Whipwreck for the world title, and Austin grabs a mic and he says uh, he tells Mikey to get his ass out there. And he says, for a very short time tonight, your name is Eric Bischoff to Mikey Whipwreck, which apparently means he's got to beat his ass. Because if there's one thing ECW loves to do, it's crap on WCW. Yeah, the company is kicking the crap out of him. Yep. But anyway, this match happens. Mikey Whipwreck defending the ECW title against superstar Steve Austin. Austin jumps Whipwreck and beats a tar out of him. The crowd chants, Hogan, Hogan, at Austin. Austin nails a big boot into a leg drop, and then he makes the cover, but Mikey kicks out, and Joey says, that lame-ass crap isn't going to get it done here. Yeah, another shot. Austin beats seven shades of crap out of Mikey. Mikey fights back. Austin finally hits a stun gun. Mikey kicks out again. Austin goes uh, back and starts beating his ass, and then Mikey ends with a sunset flip, pulls Austin's tights down, showing his ass to everybody. And he makes the pin. 
Austin lets his ass hang out of his tights for quite a while while he goes back to beating the crap out of Mikey. And then he pops up the double bird again and leaves. Security guards escort Mikey out, and the security guard looks like he couldn't stop anybody from doing anything. Looks like some dude they just picked up off the streets, which is a pretty good bet that they did. This next match was something. It was the Shaw, Hack Myers versus Sabu. Pauly dangerously introduces Sabu, and the crowd goes nuts. Sabu beats the holy high hell out of the out of uh, Hack for a while. Hack manages to nail a top rope face buster for a near fall. Uh, doesn't last long. Sabu goes back and to treating him like a sparring dummy. Hack finally gets the advantage, and when he he takes a fan's chair out of the front row, the guy's jacket is still like stuck on the chair. So he's just beating Sabu with a chair and a jacket at the same time. Sabu pulls uh pulls him off the top rope with a fa- uh, face first onto a chair. He lays Hack onto a table outside and then jumps off of a chair over the top rope, dives through Hack and the table. Somehow, they're counting Hack out, so it's like no disqualification, but there's countouts. I I was super confused. But he rolls back in, and Sabu lays him down and then comes off the top rope with a chair for the Atomic Arabian Face Buster. That makes it better when it's Atomic, Greg. That gets well, a- hell yeah. <laughs> that gets him the three count, and then Paul helps Myers to his feet. And Sabu shakes his hand, uh, showing that Sabu's a uh, good guy, I guess, for now. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod, on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks, and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks, and at Main Event Collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Oh, Alan. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the that. mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we right? shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go way there. back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Brocast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, well. What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also, check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Yeah, hey, 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 it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the broadcast podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C, we spell it with a K. Slowly, mate. Take it easy. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. <laughs> and we're back. Next up. Terry Funk and Tommy Dreamer versus Cactus Jack and Raven. Funk and Dreamer are out first, and Terry grabs a mic, and he cuts a promo on Cactus Jack, calling him an a-hole, and saying that he'll always remember what he did to him. I don't know what he did to him. Do you Do you know what he did to him? Nope. I don't remember that match. I remember it being brutal, and I don't want to watch it again. <laughs> Who would? But uh, Cactus Jack comes out wearing an airbrushed Dungeon of Doom t-shirt. It's got Shark, Kamala, and Zodiac on the front. Original. Uh, yeah. And then he grabs a mic and says, Why don't you stop wasting my effing time and get your old ass out here? Come on, Terry. Kind of weird to hear Mick Foley drop the F-bomb, but whatever. Uh, I, re- I wrote way too many notes for this. I'm just going to skim through it. Um, I really don't want to hear them all. It's too bad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the match was just something. I will say 
they pulled like weapons out of the crowd. That was Tommy always been Tommy Tommy Dreamer's thing. Somebody brought an effing VCR with them, and Tommy well, Dreamer. That's new. Yeah, it was. I'll say that. That's 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 more obscure than the watermelon. Yeah. Uh. Well, Tommy just blast the hell out of Raven with it repeatedly. <laughs> just bust him the hell open. I remember that. <laughs> and then he grabbed the remote and beat him with that. Funk uses a snow shovel and a dustpan. Funk even beats up the referee with the dustpan for some reason. They never explain why. Because uh, he's senile. He's uh, middle-aged and crazy. I guess. And then Funk nails Raven in the junk with a golf club. That was cool. Cactus uses more practical weapons like a cheese grater and a chair. Oh, good lord. Um, Raven chokes Dreamer with a toilet seat. Somehow that gets the crowd to chant ECFNW. That was uh, something. Raven, by the way, is pouring blood. R- Funk is bleeding a little bit, but man, like, Raven's bleeding buckets. Uh, Cactus pulls out like a fork or a knife or something, and he's just stabbing and sawing all over Funk's body. It was sick. Eventually, Cactus gets his shirt ripped off, and he's wearing another shirt under it with Eric Bischoff's face airbrushed on the front, and the back says, Forgive me, Uncle Eric. (laughs) This is great. Dreamer comes in a bloody mess. Uh, He pulls Bischoff's face over Cactus's face, and he just beats the crap out of both of them like he's beating up Eric Bischoff. Uh, Funk uses a a shopping cart on Raven. Uh, It just goes, this goes on and on. Um, Bill Alfonso and Taz finally come out. The referee was bumped at one point. Cactus covers Funk and Funk kicks out. So Alfonso stomps on him and, or on Funk and, uh, Taz beats him up. Tommy stops Taz and then Raven jump, jumps Dreamer. Finally, Ra- uh, Dreamer pile drives Raven onto a chair and Funk covers him for the three count. It's finally over. Cactus Jack then attacks Tommy Dreamer and nails a double R DDT onto a chair. Stevie Richards, who was out there earlier for whatever, uh, he gets in and Dreamer super kicks him. That shocked the hell out of me. Then Cactus Jack chokes Funk with a with a cable, and Dreamer rakes barbed wire across Raven's face because it can't be ECW without barbed wire. This was something, man. Raven fights back and headbutts Dreamer in the junk. The show closes with Raven doing his pose, like with his face covered in blood and barbed wire wrapped around his head. That just epitomizes ECW. ECF and W. You're damn right. That was yikes. I'm. I don't know if I'm like. It was better than the last one. I'll say that. But that's not really saying much. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. What's up, everybody? I am the hardest part of the ring, the host of the Apron Bump podcast. Ugh, another wrestling podcast. How many times can I listen to fans tell me who needs a push, who doesn't need a push, who brings Vince's coffee these days? Enough! The Apron Bump is about the journey. It's about nostalgia. It's about discovering new forms of wrestling to really tickle your pickle as a wrestling fan. The podcast brings you reviews of wrestling events all over the world, whether it's WWF, WWE, WCW, ECW. We even cover the golden eras of Ring of Honor, Progress, TNA, and more promotions in the future as well. New episodes every Wednesday. Bump day. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Go to apronbump.com. 
or go to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube and subscribe today for the most diverse, fan-friendly wrestling podcast in the world. I'm hard. Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. Right now, uh, we're going to go over the final ratings here. Internet Movie Database gives us 6.7 out of 10. Cagematch.net gives it 6.42 out of 10. I give it a 6 out of 10 for an F. Yeah, just, um, yeah, Greg and I hated it It, uh, yet again. Uh, Not good. Believe me, not good. But, yeah, that's ECW in a nutshell for you, especially in the year 1995. But uh, uh, to go over what Uncle Dave thought of this, though, he didn't rate every single match. He only rated a few of them. And uh, I'll go over some of them for you. So Rey Mysterio Jr. uh, defeating Psychosis in uh, 14 minutes, 47 seconds in a Mexican death match. That got three and three quarter stars from Uncle Dave. I too enjoyed that match two gold scorpio and the sandman defeating the uh, public enemy for the ecw titles uh tag titles that is in 16 minutes and three seconds uh uncle dave gave it two three quarter stars uh, mikey whipwreck defeating steve austin in four minutes 38 seconds for the ecw world heavyweight title i can't believe mikey whipwreck defeated steve austin in the history of wrestling that's hilarious Anyway, uh, he gave that three stars. Not much of a match to give three stars to, Dave, but whatever. Uh, Sabu defeating Hack Myers in 12 minutes, 55 seconds. He gave it two and three quarter stars. I'm assuming he bumped it up just for the surprise of Sabu, but whatever. And then finally, Terry Funk and Tommy Dreamer defeating Cactus Jack and Raven in 16, or I'm sorry, 13 minutes, 36 seconds. He gave it three and three quarter stars. So that's Uncle Dave's take on all of it. Where do you guys lie? What did, uh, what do you think of it? Uh, comment, if, if you're watching this on YouTube, definitely comment with your opinions on it uh, on the year 1995, on ECW as a whole. Just let us know. Or uh, if you're listening to it, uh, if you're listening to us on, uh, like, uh, your favorite podcast platform, which, by the way, we're all over, then definitely uh, slip into our DMs on social media or just X us, tweet us, whatever, you know, whatever you call it, uh, at main event underscore marks. Hit us up on uh, Instagram at main event underscore marks. And, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll be happy to, to converse with you about it. Uh, just don't be an a-hole, you know? We'll, be, we'll converse with you as long as you're nice and you're coming at us in good faith. Greg and I both, man. So, yeah. And he's at AthleticFan33 on Twitter and, uh, or X, whatever the hell. On Instagram, it's at MainEventCollector. And also, we're on Rumble, by the way. So if you go on Rumble, if you'd rather watch us on there than on YouTube, I'm fine with that. Uh, subscribe to us on Rumble. I would uh, be more than happy to grow my platform on there i love alt tech and rumble is a youtube competitor there's not any like real serious it, it's it's a youtube competitor the way that aew is a competitor to wwe you know what i mean so it's like a distant second but it, it's still there so subscribe to us in any way you can and any way you want there definitely there's more content i try to mirror most of my content on on rumble but there's more content from the past 
on YouTube that because I, I joined Rumble later on because it, it just wasn't around three years ago. So anyway, uh, I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, running down our schedule for the rest of the month here. Uh, so next week, we're actually, I'm going to turn one of our YouTube exclusives into a show. Uh, I was thinking about scrapping the Wednesday show and just going with the bonus, but I, I want to give you some stuff to listen to over the holiday. I I'm personally taking the whole week off for Thanksgiving and Black Friday and all that good stuff. So uh, if you are, next Wednesday, we're bringing you a formerly YouTube exclusive show. It is not going to have news with it because if you want the news, uh, go check out Survivor Series 1991. We ha in Now in the Archives, we have all the, the same news from that time period there. But uh, one day before Thanksgiving, you can listen to This Tuesday in Texas from 1991, where uh, the new WWF champion, Undertaker, puts his title on the line against Hulk Hogan in a rematch from Survivor Series 1991. That's dropping next Tuesday, or excuse me, Wednesday. I, don't, I'm, I got Tuesday on the brain. But that's dropping one day before Thanksgiving. And then next Friday... We're bringing you a bonus episode. It's actually uh, our first best of, kind of, but it's uh, I've got some new stuff, new audio in there for you as well. But it's a compilation where we review the great trilogy of Ric Flair and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat in the NWA in 1989. Historic. You'll all love it like we did. Check that out. That's dropping next Friday for our bonus show, Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat's Historic 1989 trilogy and then we're closing out the month on the 29th with wcw uh world war three that's uh from 1995 the very first ever world war three event that's dropping on the 29th so tune in for that but next week it it is double main event week yeah so you get two for the price of one baby Enjoy it over the holidays. I'm trying to bring you shorter, more snackable episodes here uh, this month and uh, trying to give you the quality that you're all used to and love. But uh, let me know how I'm doing as well. Uh, you know, comment on the video, subscribe if you're on YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast, audio, whichever, and hit us up on social media. I've been Troy. I know Greg thanks you for tuning in, and we will see you next week for Double Main Event Week next Wednesday. It is WWF this Tuesday in Texas from 1991.